So welcome to this episode of the HRD Talks, where we talk with HR directors and people directors about their journey into HR, get their insights into current trends in the world of work, and take their advice on the future of HR and how HR professionals can deliver value and progress their careers. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Vicky Walker, who's the Group Director of People at Westfield Health. Welcome, Vicky. Good afternoon, Nick. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. So we're going to kick off with a bit about Westfield, if that's okay, and, and obviously you, but we'll kind of look at your career journey as we go through the podcast. But tell us a bit about Westfield. Yeah, so Westfield Health is a over 100 years old organisation. We're based, uh, our head office is in Sheffield. So we have a, it's a business of two halves, really. So uh, one half is health insurance. So around people that can put in a claim for their glasses, going to the dentist that's, that's provided by their corporate organisation. And then the other half is around wellbeing in corporate organisations for, we call them active spaces, but corporate gyms, yep. uh, where people can, uh, you know, attend classes, join their work lunches. So, so we operate sort of two sides of our business the insurance and then focus on well-being seminars health calendars and things like that brilliant very positive stuff i like it yeah it is it's a very positive place to be brilliant yeah and in terms of the scale of the organization how many people what kind of size of of business is it yeah so got over 500 colleagues and say it's been going over 100 years as well and a, a big part of Westfield Health is we're a not-for-profit we don't have shareholders but what we do give one percent of our turnover to charities so okay. uh, we call that our Westfield One and that's under my umbrella as well which is really exciting so as well as it being positive around well-being it yep. is also positive around the difference that we make to the local communities that we live in and we serve which is great it's really Brilliant. positive yeah really good and then in terms of the people team you had that up. What kind of size of team do you have? Yeah, so I head up the people team. I've got 14 in the UK. So I look after everything from all of the employee lifecycle, as well as, as we say, all of our charitable give back side as well. Um, also culture development and engagement. We've also got a head of people in the UK and then a head of people in Europe who looks after our European colleagues uh, under my umbrella. So the team over there is a team of five. Brilliant. It's a smaller team. Brilliant. And you've been at Westfield a little while? Yeah. Worked your way up, as it were? <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. So, yeah, I've been at Westfield um, coming up for seven years next year. Left a, a really long career in Tesco's prior to that. So, mm. done over 20 something years. I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> uh, over 20 something years with Tesco's um, was made redundant and uh, it gave me an opportunity to do something different. So, I took a little step back to take a step forward, I would say, when I yep. joined Westfield Health. And I've been there, say, seven years, done a, a few roles within HR and non-HR, actually, in Westfield. So right. my background isn't just HR. Uh, it was predominantly throughout Tesco's. But then when I came to Westfield, I started as a HR business partner. We had a problem in our operations team. So I was asked to support the operations team. So looking after our customer service teams. So there was 120 colleagues in that. And I headed that up for a little while as well as still having one foot into the HR team at the same time. Yep. So given my operational background with Tesco's, it was we'd got a problem. They were like, oh, would you come and help us out in operations too? So did Brilliant. two for a while, both head of HR and head of operations for a little while. And then now I'm the group director of people. So yeah, as the business has grown, I've been lucky enough to get some fantastic opportunities. Yeah, yeah, great. And then what kind of day-to-day in that role would you be dealing with? 
Oh, what do I deal with in my role day to day? Oh, what do I deal with? I always think that HR is anything from toilet rolls to disciplinary. So, um, and yes, I've dealt with a shortage of toilet rolls in my time at Tesco. Um, and when the water went off, someone needs to go to get some water from a supermarket. Oh, that'll yeah. be me then because I work in HR. So yeah, yeah I think it's so varied. I mm. In the role I do now, it's a lot less operational and I miss some of that because I, you know, I like to roll my sleeves up and I'm quite a traditionalist and I like to, you know, be involved in what everyone's doing. So yes. um, it's quite generalist um, in terms of what the team deal with, but myself, I'm part of the executive leadership team. So I spend a, a lot of time in terms of leadership, thought leadership, external lens, working with our clients as well, if they're they're looking at things that they need some HR support with. Obviously, I support our board. Yeah, I do do quite a variety of things. Yeah. Less of the uh, what I would call the you know the tactical HR these days. Yeah, but yeah. my team do have to tell me to butt out because I'm like, oh, what's happened with that? And uh, has that person had a verbal warning for us? So I'm asking lots of questions. And they're like, oh no, Vicky, that, you don't need to know that detail anymore. Yep. Leave us to it. Focus so, on the strategy. Yeah, <laughs> strategy can be a bit boring sometimes. No, I so, get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. And and it, and it sounds like it, it's going well. So I I saw a reference to an award. So UK Employer of the Year 2022. Yeah. Um, so tell us about that. So Westfield has got a very special source. It's a, an amazing company with some great heritage. And the way it looks after people is incredible. And we've utilised the Investors in People. We are a part of the Investors in People and we go for our accreditation each year. And it's just got better and better. So we have gone, and I am going to blow my entrance here. We've gone from 716th, and I've had to write these figures down because yep. I'm rubbish with numbers. That's why I deal with people because I'm rubbish at numbers. Uh, 716th in our sector to rank in first in our sector now since 2018 um, when I became the HR director. We'll just say that. Um, but it's not down to just me, obviously. It's just about how we treat our people, how our managers treat our people. They're the, they're the key to making sure some of this stuff happens. So, yeah, it's really important to me. And we're striving for platinum. That That's the next... Uh, we're on the cusp, we're on the cusp, yeah. as my assessor told us last year. And I was so disappointed we didn't get it. And she was like, Vicky, you need to just be proud of like maintaining where you are. Yes. So, um, yeah. Well, and, so. and great for employer brand and all that good stuff these days in terms of the challenges around recruitment and retention and all those things, you know, count towards that, don't they? Yeah, definitely. I think when people are looking for employment, I think people have expectations have changed mm. and we can talk about you know the post-covid world and sometimes you think oh we're hearing about that again and you feel a bit eye-rolly but mm. I think when when people are looking for organizations and where they want to work the employee brand and, and what that organization stands for is so important and definitely where people aren't always necessarily coming together in an office I think that sense of belonging being in an organization where you feel like you belong and they've got similar values to you it makes you an employer of choice yeah and that's what I want our organization to be and any organization I work in is an em employer of choice because why work for you when they could work for someone else what is it that makes you stand out differently yeah I think too often when you're recruiting people think it's about the interviewer and not the interviewee and actually mm. the interviewee are, are making their own choices around they're interviewing you at the same time I think yes. don't be naive to think it's all about you having the you know the opportunity to pick who you want well they're picking which organization they want to work into yeah absolutely that makes a lot of sense so in in terms of what's contributed to that success what would you kind of put that down to 
for you guys? Um, we had a change of leadership as well. So we had a new CEO during that point in, in time, which has been great for our organization. And he is very people centric to the point I'm like, you're not in charge of HR, that's me. <laughs> so we, are, we have a laugh about it, but he is very, you know, he's very people focused and yeah. making sure people feel more than just a number and they feel heard, seen and recognized too. So that obviously has helped. Mm. It's not just about policies for me. So I'm not very traditional HR in that sense. It's not about how many policies you can write. And if you've got it in a policy, therefore people feel happy or people feel that they're, um, treated well but it's how how do you go about your business every day day in day out we have a coaching culture so we don't utilize performance management reviews or anything but we ask our managers to meet with their teams at least once a month and the first question in those conversations are how are you but ask to listen and not just ask to say you've asked the question so mm. it's really important that people feel that they can have that open relationship with their managers and we are a well-being organization so there is a pressure around some of those things uh, but yes. we're no different to any other organization uh, you know we yeah. still have areas within our business that are, are more difficult to manage but mm. for me practicing what we preach how can we go out and sell well-being if we don't practice it ourselves yeah so yeah it's really important and, and therefore what what do you guys particularly focus on when it comes to from a well-being perspective so intern internally you mean yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have an on-site performance coach so uh, and a we call them active spaces, but more commonly known as a gym. So we've got quite yep. a, a large gym. We've got an on-site performance coach that delivers things like Pilates, spinning classes. So for those people on-site, we also have access to our True Connect app. So people can sign up in, it's like a community where you can set each other challenges and people will do like uh, burpee challenges and stuff like that. Yep. Definitely not for me, but for, <laughs> for some of our more active and fit colleagues. <laughs> But also recognizing that well-being is massive and it's mm. not a one-size-fits-all. What's important to me and my well-being is very different for you, Nick, and, yep. you know, recognizing that for people. So for some people, it may be that they get a good night's sleep. Some people, it may be that lunchtime they go for a walk. So we encourage things like walking meetings. We try and encourage that people don't have long lengthy meetings without taking a break or moving during those meetings we have had where we've had our performance coach come into you know our board meetings and got our board to do some stretches in the middle of a meeting because being sat and being sedentary so it's just not good for you yeah. so yeah thinking about what's right for your colleagues around well-being yeah. so we don't try and do a, a blanket brush over it's around Managers getting to know their people and then putting interventions in that work for them. Really. Yeah, that's great. And and clearly that's, you know, that's a hot topic in the world of work at the minute. It's really important, you know, for, for employers generally. Some of the other stuff that is coming up at the minute. And in fact, I was chairing a roundtable of HR directors this morning and there was quite a heated debate around the return to the office. So the whole hybrid thing and that stuff. And, you know, on the one hand, one business saying we're, we're mandating everybody back. We, we want at least three days in the office. And then another HR director saying, well, actually, um, that feels to me like you don't trust your people. You know, why would you need to do that? And I think the debate is yet to, you know, come to a conclusion if it ever does. But what, what's your kind of take on that at the minute? Again, I don't think there's, I sound like a politician now, don't I? I don't think there's like um, the right or wrong answer. Mm. But what I think is, 
you know your organization the best you know what works for your people and sometimes I think we try to be consistent with some of these things and you can't always be so we've had to acknowledge there are some people in our organization that can't work flexibly because the role that they do does not allow them to work from home so how can I say to a a performance coach oh you can work from home today and then you've got 10 people stood in a spinning studio waiting for a class to happen so um recognizing that you can't always be consistent in your output and i think having those adult to adult transparent conversations with your teams around that we don't enforce for those that can work flexibly we don't enforce it what we do say is we encourage our people to come together to work collaboratively to work as a team to be creative when there's time for innovation brainstorming that's the times to come together what we haven't dictated either is that they must do that in the office you okay. can work collaboratively anywhere. Our marketing team is so creative and, you know, they'll go and meet for a picnic and they'll go for a walk and they'll, you know, brainstorm things. It yeah. doesn't mean to say then our IT team, you can't really get them together. They quite like being sat in a dark room uh, without the lights on and uh, like to work on their own. So I think understanding your teams, knowing what's going to work for them, yeah. whilst recognizing organizations can't do everything for everybody all of the time. It's interesting, mm-hmm. isn't it? Uh, I suspect it's going to rumble on for a little while. Um, yeah, I don't think we're at the end of it yet. <laughs> well, in fact, um, someone was telling me recently that they, I think they'd, they'd seen a kind of workplace culture consultant talking about that it, it's like a Nike tick so that um, we're kind of on the downward trend where people are thinking, well, we're going to get people back to the office more of the time. And their view was that there's going to then be a massive upturn when people realize that actually it's here to stay and people are going to have to embrace it to actually attract you know, talent and retain it. But we'll see. Certainly at the minute, what are we in? November 23, there's a lot of people mandating, you know, a lot of big employers are mandating people uh, have to be in a certain number of days. So it certainly feels like the downward trend if that's how you how you look at it. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And I don't think we'll know the impacts of that just yet. As you say, the impacts on retention and attraction of, of talent will be interesting how yeah. that how that proceeds yeah the other the other big topic at the minute is ai oh <laughs> oh you talk to the most te- least technical person ever <laughs> oh yeah yeah what, thoughts on that exciting and scary all at the same time yeah. from a personal and professional point of view i'm of a generation that wasn't necessarily brought up using lots of technology so i've had to sort of try and pick my pace up around utilizing it i think it's really exciting and i think for some organizations it will be you know groundbreaking i think what it will do is replace some of the mundane less skilled stuff that we need and it'll make people more efficient i think also it'll encourage some people to try and get more multi-skilled and and understand of what other things they can do out there that um, will need you know more human beings rather than ai so i think such a massive topic it's changing every day. So, you know, me and my team had a session just on AI and our chairman took us through it actually. And he was talking about showing us some examples that had then gone out of date by the second day. So we'd done some prep with me. So we were prepped up, ready to take the team through it. Two days later, it, it was already moved on. Okay. I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Uh, what it does help us being an international business is some of the, um, you know, the translation and some it, that mm. has really helped to be able to communicate 
the same message but for different cultures and and different languages so that has really helped in that way yeah that's interesting and i've heard a bit more about it recently you know there's there's obviously the conspiracy theories about the world will be taken over by robots and whatever (laughs) whatever else but actually people starting to talk more positively about the benefits um translation being one Mm. of the ones that i'd heard but also people just perceiving it more as automation. So how do we automate these things and do them more efficiently um, rather than, you know, oh, we're really scared of this because it will take a job away or whatever it might be. And harnessing that in a good way, you know, seems like a bit of a no-brainer really. But I think it will impact HR for sure. And there's some whizzy stuff, you know, out there, which I don't understand either. Um, (laughs) but, But I think will be great in a lot of ways, I suspect. The other thing that we're in the thick of and people are still talking a lot about is cost of living crisis and wage pressure, inflation, all that kind of stuff. Is that kind of hit your agenda? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's really hard, isn't it? Because organizations are aren't immune to that as well not just from a you know wage um, increase but as a business mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. think about just to operate a business your own electricity bills as organizations are going up as well as your colleagues at you know bills and things so yeah it's definitely hit us um, we've definitely put more interventions in place around financial well-being financial support being able to talk about finance it's still a Mm. taboo subject just as you know mental health was and still is to some degree but finance is the same how do you you know encourage your people to talk about it it's quite a taboo subject and very personal and very emotional as well for some people um so yeah we've tried to open up channels of conversation around it with our colleagues we've talked about how we can help whether that's putting on a budgeting webinar whether it's putting on pensions understanding because there's so much elements to the cost of living isn't there in terms of how we can help again i don't think there's a an answer yeah it's Mm. not an easy one no it's not an easy one great okay well here's here's one for you that i'm sure will be easy advice to hr and professionals who might be starting out in a career don't do it <laughs> am i allowed to you say, can't that? say that <laughs> not allowed to I've say had a few that. guests try that one but <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to say it i think if you're starting out and you're very in your first you know looking for your first opportunity be open to suggestions and think about actually sometimes you may if again if you're changing careers as well because i've got a lot of people saying oh i want to get into hr and i'm like sometimes you may have to take a step back to take a step forward so being realistic with where you're going to start and what that starting point would be within the career ask loads of questions be a sponge soak as much information and as much experience from other people as you can I think HR is a career that is built on experience a lot of the time Um, and you can do so much theory and so much listening and reading but sometimes you just have to roll your sleeves up and get stuck in and sometimes that can be the daunting bit Mm. and I think not to be frightened most situations there's a way out if you feel like you mess up in HR there's usually a way out and I do say don't overcomplicate HR so often we're described as, uh, oh, HR policy said no. Or mm. feel like, oh, we're not the fun police. I have that all the time. I'm not the fun police. That's not my job. Yep. Um, but what I am about is about talking to people. So don't overcomplicate it. Have adult-to-adult conversations and be really open to, to feedback and to listen as well, is what I would say. Yeah, I like that. And I like the keeping it simple piece. Yeah. I we tend to. It's really powerful, isn't it? Yeah, we do tend to overcomplicate things in generally in life but i think definitely in hr and people can get themselves tied up in knots around the policy says this the process says that i'm like okay tell me what it is you want want to do and and i can help you with how we get there yeah 
I think, yeah, just breaking it down. Yeah, I like that a lot. Great. And then what about at the other end of the kind of career progression thing? What about the people who are like looking for that next role, maybe the top job? What advice would you give to those guys who've maybe been in HR for a little while but want to head a function, for example? Yeah, I think that part of the job is is sometimes harder in terms of the career progression. I think sometimes it's about opportunities. And I always say, don't say no to anything. So I was asked to support our operational teams a few years ago, as well as doing HR, because we'd got a, a vacancy at the time. So I was back to, you know, looking after people answering call center and as well as looking after HR. And I didn't say no, because I, I think if you understand the business that you work in, HR, you can make HR simple, as we said before. Mm. If you're trying to implement HR in an organization, you haven't got a clue what the day-to-day running of it is. It can be really, really difficult. So make sure if you have the opportunity to spend some time in your operational teams, getting to know your organization, come out of your HR office or wherever you've got your HR blinkers on and get to know the business for real and what it's really about. And then I say, don't say no to things. Keep yourself learning so continually developing thinking about what how you expand your knowledge chuck yourself in the deep end sometimes um you might be frightened of whether you're going to sink or swim but actually putting yourself in those situations you'll learn so much about yourself and about yourself as a professional and what you can do yeah so i think yeah just be open to so many opportunities in that way yeah and net network i mean i hate the word networking like who wants to go around standing talking to people you've never met and what should we talk about the weather or so when networking from a different point of view trying utilizing the situations that are more natural to just yep. talk to people if you go to a networking event everyone's going to feel the same as you nobody really knows what to talk about or what to say so try different ways of doing that and get yourself there's loads of like webinars and podcasts get yourself listening on those sort of things yeah and in terms of networking i guess i always think of it as like building relationships with people who are useful to you is the yeah. way i look at it how have you found that useful to you yeah i think it's finding people that you you can connect with as well. Yeah. So just because you're a HR professional, you're still a person. So you've yeah. still got to like the pers- people or <laughs> yeah. persons that you're connected with. Yeah. And Ideally. Yeah, <laughs> ideally. Um, so don't just network for network's sake. Make sure mm. there's some form of connection there. And then remember that whoever you're talking to is getting something out of it for them usually too. So with our more junior staff, you know, if they say to me they want some time, I think it's great because yeah. they can – we do quite a lot of reverse mentoring because then they can teach me what's in, you know, what's in their heads and how they change the organization. And I say to them, if you were me, what would you put in place? How would you change it? And I learn so much from them as well as them learning from me. So yeah, yeah. I think valuing relationships is really important. I do find networking the hardest bit of my mm-hmm. job. But again, I think maybe sometimes we put ourselves pressure on to say, oh, you go to these networking events. Well, actually, often you'll network without even knowing that you're networking yes yeah agreed and i think it's being in the right situations at the right things as well isn't it that that is often the case and the other thing that we were talking about earlier on was kind of the hr profession not getting distracted by fads (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we're i mean i think society we like fads don't we we all like a good fad you know we like to scroll through the internet and see what's the latest trends yeah i think HR is a profession that can easily jump on the bandwagon with stuff. 
I'm very data-driven. I've just said I hate numbers. I do hate numbers. But when I say data-driven, I think feedback is so important, both professionally and within your organization. So when I said about being a sponge earlier, that's exactly Mm. what I mean. So in terms of data, don't just jump on something because you think everyone else is doing it. Like there's loads at the minute, isn't there, around supplements and ice baths and collagens and all that sort of stuff. But actually do they really work? So what data are you using to make sure that whatever implementation you're putting in place is evidence-based? So it's really important. It's the same with well-being, and that can be overcomplicated. People can throw things around and in organizations, but actually you don't, if you don't know what your people want, how do you know it's going to work? And what yeah. a waste of money if you put something in because you think it's on trend or that's what people are expecting. Again, don't overcomplicate things. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. The other thing that we have on the podcast is something called the supplier shout-out. Yeah. And uh, that's essentially a kind of a third party, a supplier or an organization that you've worked with that you'd like to recommend or big up on the podcast. Do you have anybody in mind? I'd say a guy called Drew Povey who runs a, a coaching consultancy. So he has been amazing for me personally and then for us as an organization. So he is my coach. And I think if you invest in yourself, because remember, you are a person as well as a HR professional. Yeah, I would definitely big him up from a how he supported us from a leadership point of view, stretching me from my, you know, my own comfort zones, because it's quite easy once you think you've got the job to stay stagnant. So actually those stretch points of view. Um, so yeah, definitely big up Drew Pavey's uh, Brilliant. coaching. Brilliant. Well, we'll tag him in the blurb for the podcast as well so that um, his details are there. So that's great. Um, And we're kind of nearing um, the end of our time together. Um, Were there any kind of final thoughts that you had on anything that that we've talked about or anything else? I love HR and I think I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it. Uh, What I would say is it is more than a career. I think for those people looking to get into it, it can consume you. And it can be very draining, both emotionally and, and you know, uh, physically as well. So what I would say is, as a HR to HR, be kind to yourself. Think about how you look after yourself whilst you're trying to look after other people. Often people get into HR because they're caregivers and they want to make a difference and they're yes. people pleasers. So just think about how you look after yourself as well as everybody else that you're looking after. Yeah, brilliant. Well, that's a really super positive way to to finish. Um, thanks so much for your time today. It's been really great chatting. I think people will find it really, really interesting. And uh, yeah, we'll see everybody next time. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HRD Talks podcast. Hopefully you found the discussion helpful. If so, please follow us on your podcast provider to be notified of future episodes and share with friends and colleagues. For more information on the podcast, please visit actons.co.uk forward slash the HRD talks.